Big problems can be solved when smart minds and good hearts get together. Being exposed to a connected network of diverse voices, opinions and characteristics can truly expand one's ability to get an accurate picture of the environment and to make the best decisions for self and organization. This podcast brings together an ecosystem of next practice innovators and influencers to talk about the leadership practices required to shape a better connected and safer world. Welcome to Inspire Next Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Reinecke. Continuing our second series on Turning the Tide, Catherine Yang shares her observations on businesses that innovated out of the crisis. We also speak about the core qualities that led to successful innovation and as well discuss approaches for leaders to engage the board on the need to innovate. Catherine is a visionary digital transformational who has led the digital transformation for various industries, including telecom, banking, insurance, healthcare, power and grid, oil and gas, manufacturing, media and internet. She combines application of drug cloud technologies, big data analytics, IoT, AI, machine learning with strategic planning, product and solution management, pre-sale and solution architect, sales and marketing management, consulting and professional service, R&D, technical innovation to deliver business growth. With her Asian background and extensive working experience in North America and Asian countries, she's a highly seasoned business leader who can drive business growth through digital transformation and manage business operations across regions. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to our episode. I know you hold multiple roles spanning global markets and different industries as your board advisor for various companies, including FMCG and insurance giants. In addition, you're also the managing partner of a venture capital firm. With your multi-industries perspective, can you share with us your personal observations of business development in 2020 so far? Thank you, Mark. It's my pleasure and honor to be the guest on the podcast. It's uh, always lovely to meet with you, although it's over Google Meet. Um, I think this is very the good questions. Um, this year, the COVID-19 um, uh, has very undoubtedly uh, a profound impact to the economy globally. And um, the economy uh, uh, restrictions and also um, social distancing measures and put the COVID-19, of course, uh, you know, had a cause of major disruptions to a lot of industries, especially to the small and medium companies that tend to uh, concentrate into the transportations, hotel accommodations, uh, restaurants, um, and uh, arts and uh, uh, entertainment industries. And so we have seen that the revenue declined uh, sharply from mm. those industries. Um, speaking for China, for example, uh, in the first half of 2020, uh, the COVID-19 actually uh, uh, bring a lot more negative impact than SARS to China economy. Uh, we have seen that uh, the impact, uh, you know, to, uh, like I said, retail, uh, catering, uh, hotel, tourism, transportation, culture, entertainment industries, uh, the revenue declined sharply uh, uh, and manufacturing real estate uh, and uh, construction business as consequently due to the government's control on logistic and the uh, people uh, gathering limits, we have seen a very slow resumption of work and productions. So 
for example, give you a, a number la, uh, in the first half, hotel and the, uh, uh, the restaurant business, the revenue dropped by 900 billion uh, yuan RMB, and then con consumptions of uh, entertainment business industries uh, dropped by 420 billion uh, RMB in the first half. However, in the second half, uh, we also seen that uh, um, uh, as, as to the timely control by the government, as economy rebound very quickly. Uh, technology innovations played uh, a significant role, uh, not just as a powerful tool to fight against the uh, coronavirus, but also as a, a growth drive, uh, you know, engine to drive the economy rebound. So, uh, so as such, we've seen that you know um, uh, China continue to outperform other countries in uh, export uh, economy. So in November, uh, the export economy grows by 21% be last year, and this is the fastest growth month uh, quarter and quarter year over year consecutively in three years. Um, we also seen the industry like education, uh, film and television, online office, online shopping, e-commerce has been really benefited from the power of uh, digital technology post-pandemic. So, uh, for example, online educations, uh, the revenue, the consumptions uh, is expected to grow by 300% uh, in Q4. And then online uh, video game, the consumptions are uh, expected to grow uh, by 60% uh, in Q4. So this is all very good uh, uh, indicators of all the economies is uh, rebound. Um, and we believe that technology will continue drive and reshape the whole industry landscape. And then will be the economy growth driver in the long run. So that's for China. And then speaking for Canada, as I'm living here, uh, technology will continue to play a critical role in helping Canadians and also business managing their way uh, out through the you know, uh, COVID-19 crisis. Uh, of we've seen forty percent of our business, uh, you know, choose to work remotely uh, through COVID nineteen, mm -hmm. and more than two million, uh, two million uh, uh, students and uh, started from home and uh, uh, you know uh, to finish their school year. So that's uh, um, that's on one side we've seen. Uh, same for Canada, technology plays a significant role and also leaves a, 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 a you know a permanent mark on how Canadian consumes and how the organization create values. And for example, we have seen uh, from a technology investment perspective, we have seen that um, digital everything, digital first, it's really defining the economy now. So a trends have been uh, observed. Uh, you know, will surge. A industry will surge. Uh, post the pandemic due to the technology innovation. The first online education, uh, healthcare, uh, e-commerce, and uh, deliver and uh, uh, transportations, uh, cybersecurity, you know, we just talk about, uh, remote work and digital platform. The last thing is the drone. So drone technology. So A sectors uh, will be searched uh, um, uh, post the pandemic due to the technology innovations and and also due to the you know the COVID nineteen reshaped the whole industries. We've seen that uh, uh, accelerations of uh, uh, growth will coming from those sectors. So that's pretty much you know very short mm -hmm. observation and to name some example for China and Canada. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks, thanks a lot, Catherine. And um, even we didn't speak about before um, before we start this kind of session, 
you spoke about Canada and China. Any views on the rest of the world as well? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, I think it's that's pretty much the same for the rest of the world. Uh, so we have uh, uh, lots of uh, business interactions with uh, Singapore, uh, uh, with Japan, uh, because close partnership with these two countries. I think... Uh, They are a uh, way to fight against coronavirus and uh, manage the way out of it. It's pretty much the same. Uh, again, across the regions, although the industries and market dynamics different, but technology innovation is still the major driving force and helping the com companies, helping the businesses going out from the dark darkness. Super. Very interesting, Catherine. And without breaking confidentiality and without naming specific companies, Can you share with us some surprises in innovation that you have seen this year? For example, innovations that were driven from industries that were traditionally seen as unbreakable and slow to change. Mm, yes, yes. Uh, I'd love to share a few examples I've seen in different regions and different industries. Um, well, first one I'd like to share is healthcare. So as you know, that healthcare is always the highly most one of the most regulated industries and very slow to embrace technologies, relatively speaking. However, uh, this pandemic, coronavirus, uh, really exposed a major flaws in healthcare systems. Um, uh, a lot of doctors and healthcare workers, uh, you know, said the coronavirus pandemic shows that we need to rethink about how do we, uh, how do we deal with the healthcare? How do we deal with patients? And how do we protect the healthcare workers during the pandemic? So, uh, for example, we've seen a short shortage of uh, uh, medical resources and uh, just-in-time supplies is a big issue. How do we improve our medical efficiency, quality, while we're still protecting our medical staff? So, um, as such, we have seen a rise of uh, artificial intelligence, you know, in healthcare uh, applications. A lot of uh, major technology companies are stepping into healthcare sectors and launch uh, uh, lots of services offering empowered by AI technologies. So I'd like to share a few. Um, first, uh, solutions that we've seen uh, uh, quite a lot of, uh, you know, uh, applications in hospital is the AI uh, uh, doctor. So Q&A doctor, basically. So uh, AI companies, some leading giant technology companies uh, in China launched AI online doctors and to provide online uh, answers to, to the pandemic-related uh, questions and provide some knowledges and provide some chronic disease answers to the elderly, to the children, to the pregnant women, to basically to all of their audience. So that will help the people reduce the visit to the hospitals and reduce the risk of uh, cross infections. Uh, the second um, uh, AI applications launched the mostly is the uh, medical guidance robot. So uh, we've seen that in the hospitals and they launched a few uh, medical uh, diagnosis guidance robot. So this robot uh, during pandemic, when the patients, you know, uh, they they uh, cannot confirm whether they are infected or not before seeking the medical attentions. So they would love to go to the hospital. And this robot guide with the diagnosis services will effectively route the people uh, according to different uh, clinical um Uh, clinical flow and uh, reduce that, uh, I mean, supplement to the medical stuff and then reduce the risk being infected uh, by interacting with the patients. Uh, 
So it's very interesting. And the third one, of course, is most that I think heated the solution in the market is uh, is the AI uh, radiology uh, software. So AI imaging software. Uh, there is a, a pioneer companies in China, a young startup. However, uh, they have gained uh, gained uh, all the uh, CFDA, FDA clearance for launching AI imaging software. So this software actually help a lot fight against the pandemic, uh, helping the medical staff. Um, so they launched intelligent uh, assisted screening software and then uh, epidemic uh, monitoring systems and helping the doctor to diagnose uh, whether the patient have a, a, a normal uh, pneumonia or the COVID-19 cases. And uh, they diagnosed within 20 seconds and with up to more than 90, 97% accuracy. So very good. And then this software, um, uh, once they diagnosis the, the patient and they will send alert to the doctor and request advise the doctor to take a further treatment uh, uh, according to the protocol. And more than that, uh, actually the, this uh, software can also help do a lot of things like, for example, monitor assisted diagnosis change in the lung. So the lung information that on the confirmed patients or uh, the detection of the lung infection, the lesions, and an analysis of the uh, abnormal cases or severe cases, mm -hmm. or uh, they can send according to the hierarchical treatment, uh, you know, protocol. They can also coordinate medical resources. They can help to automatically uh, compare the medical, uh, you know, a diagnosis uh, uh, imaging before and post. There's a lot of things this AI software can do, can help. So we can dramatically supplement the medical uh, resources and also improve the efficiency while we're protecting the medical stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, you know, in healthcare. Mm -hmm. The other example I'd like to share is in uh, FMCG, but um, this example is talking about how do we leveraging technology, break down silos, connecting manufacturing, the, uh, supply chain, logistic, transportation, and the consumer. So all into one closed loop uh, economy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the company I'm talking about is a, a very famous, uh, respectable FMCG leader. And they've, uh, they have a variety of product lines from food and beverage. And mm -hmm. so pandemic, because we've seen that the, due to the lockdown and then social distancing. So consumer behavior changed dramatically from offline to online. So there's a surge online consumptions and they will increase the demands for the e-commerce company and also to the FMCG providers. So uh, uh, we've seen that uh, this company uh, uh, come up, uh, uh, you know, uh, investing in cloud technology, big data, IoT, AI technologies, launch a series of services to meet needs. Uh, the first one is they have launched a unmanned retail uh, to explore the opportunities. So no staff, unmanned. Everybody, everything is automatically served, operate, and delivered by robot. Um, so unmanned pickup, uh, robot delivery, unmanned retail store, and <clears throat> has uh, um, emerged uh, you know, a lot during the pandemic. And that they also have provided unmanned uh, shelves, so auto automatically picking up, uh, categorizing, and delivering systems. And and uh, lastly, they connect the communities to the stores and by drones and by the robot delivery uh, uh, services. So 
uh, it's a, a typical example. So how do we see that uh, technology can break down the silos and connecting upstream, uh, you know, uh, uh, pr providers and to the downstream consumers. And this uh, a super we call a robust digital uh, supply chain platform. So this is a very uh, uh, new offering, but uh, I believe that uh, going forward post the pandemic, uh, these new offerings will be, uh, you know, very uh, predominantly uh, in the market. Uh, technology will continue to reshape and deliver the services as we expect it. Mm, okay. Wow. Uh, I know you for a couple of years, um, Catherine, and you, uh, one can see AI is your passion. Um, when you speak yes. about it, yeah, and it, it always it really impresses me uh, how you connect the dots. Yeah, really impressive. I like particularly the AI doctor, yeah, um, and the guidance robot, um, which really could help uh, through the pandemic. Um, and another question I would have for you is what drives these companies to innovate out of a crisis? Mm -hmm. I I think basically because um, we see the new opportunity since the market changed and then our customer has, has changed. Um, uh, in the midst of uh, every crisis and uh, lies the great opportunity. That's particularly true uh, in this year, in today. Um, a lot of business leaders said, uh, you know, during the pandemic and they have to uh, cut down the cost. They can secure their uh, core business. They have to... Um, conserving uh, the cash and minimizing the risk. And they have to deprioritize the R&D innovations and until they see that the market has a better clarity. That's the most of leaders' feedback during the pandemic. However, I believe uh, you know, uh, the company who consists uh, you know, continue innovations will outperform the rest of competitors uh, post the pandemic. Um, let, uh, let's look back in the histories. So we've seen that uh, um, in the histories and actually uh, 2003 and in the SARS ep epidemic, uh, a lot of uh, China technology companies also stopped the innovations. However, Alibaba is the only one, you know, insist and continued innovations. And then they've, they've seized the emerging opportunities and from uh, e-commerce. And since the consumer behavior changed, the market needs changed. So I would like to say, Particularly, you know, this applies for today because uh, 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 the COVID-19 also uh, changed a lot to today's industry landscape and also uh, bring a huge dramatic change to the uh, consumer behaviors. So we have seen, uh, you know, change to sales model, for example, you know, uh, companies that have a significant direct force, fuel force, that no longer rely on in-person coverage. And to the uh, to the uh, to to their customer, they also uh, expanded to online, indirect, and digital channels to help them to improve the coverage and go to market route. The second thing is that we've seen that the pandemic changed the customer needs. They need new offerings. For example, you know. Um, the food distributors, right? And they rely on uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, like uh, restaurants. However, today's uh, <coughs> consumer behavior change. A lot of indirect channels is created. So, um, so like a restaurant, they have a um, uh, lots of change um, in their uh, offerings. Um, movie industries and they create a, a fantastic content. 
So they they uh, moved online, so offer a new online video offerings. Uh, these are all new offerings, and due to the pandemic, so uh, we also seen that uh, you know a rapid change in uh, in, in the uh, competitors and from different industries. Like I said, uh, you know you never expect that GM and Dyson uh, uh, can create a ventilator, right? Can manufacture a ventilator uh, during the pandemic. So this is. All the unseen changes uh, uh, before the pandemic. However, we have to um, really discover the market change, and so that's why you know um, innovations will, uh, you know, is the only key to unlock the growth potential, especially post the pandemic. Uh, so we would uh, encourage the companies, uh, despite all the challenges, despite the cost constraints, and securing the core, innovation is still the key. Uh, in the long run, especially um, finding the right path out of the pandemic, especially, you know, uh, di di differentiate companies' core com uh, competitive advantage post the pandemic. And, and in your opinion, uh, Catherine, how should companies, because everybody is reviewing operational budgets, etc., because they got hit hard by COVID-19, they have other priorities, cash containment, etc., but how can they allocate priorities for innovation and particularly the budget for innovation when they are basically counting every cent and every penny? Um, how would they do that? How should they do that? What is your advice to that? Okay, good question. Um, in my uh, companies that sit on the board and also the companies I advising also facing the same challenges. Um, I think on one hand, yes, we do need to securing the cash flow and uh, minimizing the risk, securing our core. So looking into deep dive on our operational excellency um, and uh, by working remotely, moving everything on digital platform, sharing collaborat uh, collaborations across the business will definitely drive uh, uh, our cost down, and uh, there are some uh, go-to-market costs that will uh, be minimized because of uh, uh, the go-to-market channel changed, right? Um, having said that, I think uh, once you um, discover the growth opportunities and and then uh, the company should stick on and the strategy they have laid out for the uh, next three to five years, especially, you know, new products, new offerings and uh, uh, and uh, market adjacency, you know, uh, they identify. So they have to continue to develop those capabilities and uh, leveraging digital technology. Uh, uplifting uh, the operational excellency, uplifting the core competence during the pandemic, so that after the pandemic and once business resume normals, and they have the offerings and service and capabilities to serve the customer and serve their unmet needs and the ch the changing unmet needs. Those new needs are different, so uh, the company can quickly adapt to the new business model, new competition landscape. So I think uh, one tip is really uh, reviewing those budget allocations and uh, identifying and prioritize those uh, uh, innovation ideas and software development programs and also digital programs. And for those programs will help you uplifting your core competence, uh, help you adapting to new business models, help you uh, to meet a new unmet demands from the market adjacency. Those programs will we, uh, I think, needs to continue on your uh, agenda. Catherine, you have you have a seat on several boards, yeah, and 
what would be your advice to uh, the CEOs or uh, leaders who have to convince the board yeah, to really go for these new uh, technologies, innovations? You sit there, you on the other sit on the other side of the table. What is your advice to leaders? How to, should they convince the board? Uh, Good question. I think convincing the board uh, for innovation, it's a, it's a uh, very much necessary job for the management team. Not a lot of board has a digital expert sitting on the board uh, and then uh, they have the uh, technology insight. So I think the first is really, uh, you know, uh, helping the board, convince the board directors on the same page is, is really presenting a concrete uh, innovation plan that uh, help them discover the market changing needs, help them discover the consumer and uh, also uh, uh, partners and industry landscape change and help them to understand uh, if you're doing nothing, that's the biggest risk to the company rather than playing a defensive uh, game. So, um, so help the uh, board directors understand the market change, the role, uh, the landscape, and then the trends, and how technology can bring a disruptive force. You know, uh, uh, to change the whole landscape. That's the first uh, uh, task. And the second one is presenting uh, what are the potential opportunities that you have uh, seen that potentially will be uh, the growth driver for the company, and where are the market adjacency. So uh, what's the low-hanging fruit? If you're leveraging those technologies and what are the new growth uh, you know, opportunities can you seize, seize uh, uh, through these innovations? So presented a very concrete business case to the board and then convinced them uh, these are all the target you know, uh, uh, potential opportunities from our target segment, from our, uh, you know, uh, battlefield. The third thing is really pre present a, a, a doable plan. So help them because a lot of uh, uh, board directors will uh, concern about, you know, walking into the uncertainties and then bring the company into the unknown game. There's uh, so many unknown. These are the risks to the company. So how do we pace out a plan that does uh, uh, progressively uh, test the water, you know, uh, uh, and then uh, a proven pass that proof that the, with the capability, with the structural approach and with the, uh, uh, the tools and systems and methods that were in-house that we're able to achieve the first milestone. And then, so uh, a very clear, um, uh, you know, proven past uh, dual plan execution plan uh, to the board is uh, is very much needed. And then the last thing I think is really over prepare <laughs> because uh, prepare for the questions that will be challenged by the board, and then prepare by the uh, the questions and uh, you know um, uh, uh, that actually all the doubts and. Uh, uh, um, risks and you know that we have seen. Yeah. Mm. I can see that you have a lot of executives and non-executive um, board memberships. Yeah, because uh, the experience you you share with our listeners, I think many can benefit from that. Yeah, and. Many companies are not out of the woods uh, yet. Yeah. Is there anything you could share um, with them? What digital solutions um, could provide to those companies? Yeah, especially for for those who still have to recover from the pandemic. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I think uh, uh, the. Uh, 
the first thing I would like to um, um, share my my experience is is you know listen to uh, the customer, listen to your employees, and uh, because uh, they will provide much more insights and then ideas for innovations and helping the company build up the right culture. Um, uh, invite the customer in, in involved in your um, you know experimental you know innovation cycle will help you to get a better insight, better clarity, and and in the right path. Uh, second thing is encourage a failure culture, embrace uh, agile culture uh, in the company. A lot of companies, you know, always encourage and recognize uh, a successful, a successful launching, like a product launch and sales program launch, you know. However, uh, when we experiment on a new thing and, uh, you know, uh, uh, try to build up this agile uh, uh, culture in the company, we will encourage, you know, fast learning, but quick learning and quick fail, but quick learning. So learning from the failure is very much valuable to the company, especially you testing new business model and new uh, uh, new services offering. Uh, so uh, understand that uh, created whether company created the, uh, the right value to the customers. These are all uh, you know lesson learned a journey for the employees and for the companies. Last thing I think will encourage in, uh, the executive teams to walk the talks. So they're very much important. Embrace the visions, but articulate the visions clearly uh, throughout the executive team and also to the frontline employees. Um, uh, uh, I think uh, sometimes it will often over, uh, you know, protected core business, but cute innovations. So how do we allocate the resources and protect the innovation team and let them to fully empowered, uh, uh, delegate uh, uh, enough resources and empower them to do the innovations? That's uh, all the executive team's uh, responsibility. Thanks so much, Catherine. And uh, again, it's super interesting to listen to you. I think we can continue for the next one hour and discuss about pandemic, digital solutions, yeah, your experience um, dealing with innovation out of the crisis. Yeah, and uh, really, thanks for joining us and sharing your insights. Yeah. For listeners who would like to get in touch with you, how can they reach out to you? Uh, it's via LinkedIn, WeChat, WhatsApp. Uh, how can they reach you if they want to uh, discuss with you a little bit further? Uh, I I can uh, uh, share my LinkedIn profile and then also uh, my um, uh, WeChat WhatsApp content information uh, through you. So uh, welcome for further discussions and questions. <coughs>